Welcome back to Good News, Bad News. I'm Matt Bellis. If you're listening to this and not watching, you're missing out. So click on the YouTube link in the show notes to get the full experience of this episode. If you are watching, it's good to see you. Doug, do you know how this works? Don't choose to lose or cruise and snooze. Come peruse the news with the gurus of yous. Me. You know, that joke kills in Chaunceyville. Hey, you crazy conspiracy nut job. You whacked out Alex Jones loving, tinfoil hat wearing, chemtrail sniffing, lizard people overlording. I only attended the Bohemian Grove in the 70s admitting kook. You got a new friend in the form of the U.S. Department of Energy. It seems that the crazy idea that the COVID-19 novel coronavirus that came from a personnel leak from a lab in Wuhan, China, which so happened to be named the Wuhan Institute of Virology, is getting a new supporter in the form of the Department of U.S. of Energy. Now, it's funny because many people saw that COVID-19, a real up-and-comer in the virus game, started in Wuhan, and there just so happens to be a lab that does experiments on viruses in Wuhan. Could it, could it be? No, you crazy kids, said so many people. That's not, you don't, how ridiculous. Shut up! According to a classified intelligence document given to the White House and members of Congress, they concluded, that is the U.S. Department of Energy, that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak, which is bureaucratic talk for, yeah, it happened, and we know it happened, and you know it happened, and they know it happened, <laughs> but we'll couch it in lawyer-esque warning sticker language to try and ease the truth. It's pretty significant because the U.S. Department of Energy joins the philosophical offspring of J. Edgar Hoover in the admission of the lab leak, which, as all good libertarian Christians know, that wherever two or more government agencies are gathered, there the approved truth and misplaced billions of dollars will be. However, there still remains unbelievers in the government intelligence community. <laughs> government intelligence. Who have not concluded their findings or just choose to abstain. And while the White House has to admit now that the theory is no longer just a theory, and take that out of evolutionary biology, but will stay on the big government talking point that there is no consensus. Now, after all this talk of government agencies doing their agency thing, who does China, the one who has the most to lose in this admission, decide to go after? Take a guess. Ooh, so close. No, they decide to set their proverbial sights on none other than Twitter purchaser Elon Musk. That's right. China sets its communist gaze on the ever-lovable billionaire after a re retweet about the government low-confidence assessment. I mean, come on, China. They shoot down your balloons. They hold congressional hearings. They even warn you not to give money to Russia, and you focus on the hunky tech giant. What's a government got to do to get some love? But all this aside, does anyone remember why this leak is such an issue? I mean, if it was just bumbled virology buffoonery and mismanagement that led to this virus escaping, then it's basically another story of how ineffective governments are at keeping the worldwide citizenry safe. However, that's not the end of it. Because don't you remember this little exchange back in 2021 between Senator Rand Paul and NIH Director Anthony Fauci? Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to 
was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, saying, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH, one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals, and they increase their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for 4 million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. I mean, sure, we expect the Marxists to act without conscience. But our own by-the-people-for-the-people government acting in a shady way to fund taxpayer funds through international intermediaries to fund Chinese gain-of-function research on viruses? Isn't that a step too far? And, of course, Fauci would deny it because, yeah, that would be really bad and also have terrible implications for our relations with allied nations. So, did they? Uh, yeah. Seems like they did. NIH official Lawrence A. Tabak admitted in a Wednesday letter that U.S. taxpayers funded gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses in Wuhan and revealed that EcoHealth Alliance, the U.S. nonprofit that funneled NIH money to the Wuhan Institute of Biology, was not transparent about the work it was doing. And this was about a year and a half ago, and this was admitted. And you also have NIH officials admitting that there was unexpected coronavirus results that was not reported that actually showed a mutation of genes between bats and rats, something that Anthony Fauci has said was impossible. Because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is, one is molecularly. Those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. Okay, okay, okay. So, what do we know that we already knew, but now we're getting all the pieces slowly handed to us so that not as to seem like it's a big deal? One, yes. The federal government, by way of NIH, was using taxpayer funds through a shady intermediary to support gain-of-function research to increase the virality of a simple coronavirus. Two, that lab under its own mishandling allowed the virus to escape through a leak that was let loose on the public that led to a massive worldwide panic attack. Three, we all shut down our lives and businesses with no end in sight to accommodate the health system, all the while questioning what happened and putting the pieces of the story together on our own. Four, we were all called quack conspiracy nuts for putting the rational puzzle together to understand what was actually happening. 
Five, people lied, and unfortunately, a lot of other people died. And six, we find out the truth that the officials lied, and they're vindicated in our conspiracy. Seven, no one goes to jail. Eight, all of this is happening and being propped up and piecemealed out to the public by supportive media that gaslighted the public into thinking they're crazy when they've been right all along. I can't take it. Where's my pills? It's the one-year anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine by Russian forces. And while far-left and libertarian allies joined forces on Washington to rage against the war machine, President Biden visited war-torn Ukraine. He met with Ukrainian President Zelensky in the middle of embattled Kyiv. As heard by the sound of air raid sirens that so mourned through the streets in stark remembrance that those that were there were in the middle of a war. Hey, remember during World War II when President Roosevelt met with Prime Minister Churchill and Commissar Stalin on D-Day in Normandy during the Allied invasion? No? That's because when they met, they were in a safe place, far from the action, and pretty much near the end of the European conflict. So why, then, would we send the President of the United States into the midst of a conflict with a foreign leader in the open air for all to see? Is it brazen bravery in the face of conflict or? Um, I've been here for the past five days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, President Biden was in the center of Kyiv, as, as Clarissa was, was just mentioning. During this meeting, there was a press conference where President Zelensky got a chance to speak to those of us in America who feel our presence there might be a little too weighted with billions of dollars. I can tell them one thing. If they do not change their opinion, if they do not understand us, if they do not support Ukraine, they will lose NATO. They will lose the clout of the United States. They will lose the leadership position they are enjoying in the world. When I hold up, doesn't that seem a little ominous? Doesn't that seem a little, dare I say, ungrateful for the aid that he's already been provided? I know that this episode has kind of been about proving conspiracy theories true, and I'm not one to make light of people who are directly in danger of losing their lives in a firefight, but frankly, this doesn't sound like the kind of thing that you would hear from a war-torn president, or from someone who is so committed to the cause of their people that they would rather stand on their feet fighting off the Russians with sticks in their hands rather than give them up to no matter who might be in their corner. Going back again to World War II, are you familiar with the level of commitment the average Japanese citizen living under the cult of personality that was Emperor God Hirohito? The Field Service Code issued by General Tojo in 1941 sums up the ideology rather explicitly. Do not live in shame as a prisoner. Die! And leave no ignominious crime behind you. Whew. Now that's commitment. Again, I'm not saying the average Ukrainian should be all about that war base. Heck, I don't mind the fact that many of the Russian and Ukrainian men are simply up and leaving because they don't want to fight someone else's land grab. I just don't understand that if your country was invaded by an aggressor, you have to take help where it comes, and you lead as if no one else will stand with you. You know, kind of like the British did in Dunkirk. You don't shame the hand that's feeding you for questioning why it's feeding you. It's all a little odd. And in other news, Ohio is still on fire. Oh, and there was a train derailment in East Palestine. 
and now the rivers have a beautiful chemical rainbow sheen to them. Wow. Frankly, I was born in Ohio and raised there too. Actually, not but 20 miles from East Palestine. And we're used to chemical dumps and burning water. You may know it as Cleveland. Anyhow, it's so nice to know that with all the taxes we pay to our federal government, that some of the money is coming back into the flyover state and will go to help clean up the area and put back those things that went wrong. Because that's why we pay taxes, right? No? Well, they're not going to... Oh, that's going to Ukraine. Gotcha. Thanks for watching Good News, Bad News. Make sure to click like and subscribe. And remember, repent of your sins, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good, that's the bad, that's the news.